What's up, everybody? This is Gerge Brooms with From the Top Rope Podcast, and I hope you all had a very, very Merry Christmas, and we are back with part two of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network End of Year Mega Show, where we are deep diving into the best of moments of 2022. Like I said, this is part two, so I hope you've listened to part one. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to it, because you might miss some context here. But um, we're going to jump right back in with the boys uh, with part two, and um, I really hope you guys enjoy it. We had a lot of fun recording this podcast. Part three will be dropping this Friday, and uh, I really hope you guys enjoy it where we sit around and we put together our votes, and we're going to nail down the best of 2022 here at the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. So without any further ado, let's jump in. Here is part two of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network end-of-year mega show. All right, now we're getting into the to the fat here, okay? Because I, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Um, male wrestler of the year. I'm gonna go ahead and go first since it's on me. Um, the tribal chief himself, in no particular order, but the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns. I mean, Jesus Christ! I don't even think I need, even need to talk about him. Like, I don't even think I need even say words. All right, I just need to hold up my one finger up in the air, and Roman Reigns is it. Um, MJF. MJF, from where he was at the beginning of the year, he was feuding with uh, the best feud of the year. If you if we had a best feud of the year category, him versus CM Punk was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, for him to come uh, and then have the feud with Wardlow, drop the pipe bomb, be gone for three months, come return, and, and then win the title, MJF hands down. Um, I also picked Seth Rollins. Um, I think Seth Rollins has like the biggest losing streak of the year, too, if you look up that. But um, the way he gets over in defeat is absolutely phenomenal. Um, he should 100% be a world champion this year uh, or coming up in 2023. And of course the man, John Moxley, I think he won the title twice this year, uh, the AEW championship twice this year. Um, and he's the absolute, absolute man. Uh, and I put FTR too. And I put FTR to show him some love. Those dudes have like 45 titles hanging off their chest every time they come walking out. And um, they finally got their title shot on AEW recently. Uh, and obviously it didn't work out for them, but they should have got their title shot six months ago when they had all those other titles. So I put FTR as my male wrestler of the year too. Um, let's kick it over to Eric James. What do you got for male wrestler of the year? It would be nice if I unmute myself. All right. So male wrestler mm-hmm. of the year, uh, no particular order here, but off with Roman Reigns, tribal chief, unstoppable force. I'll be honest. He's probably the immovable object as well at this point in professional wrestling. Uh, um, I did the calculating of the math in my head, and I'm pretty sure he'd have to get to June as champion of next year to still hit like or to hit a thousand days as champion. I don't think we'll get there, but you never really know. He's had an amazing year this year. So Roman was my number five. Um, Number four, Seth Rollins. I think he's having a career year. I know a lot of people are, 
in between on the whole laughing and dancing stick, especially with the music that he still has. But I love it, especially with the crowd chanting. The most addicting thing at a WWE show when Seth Rollins is there is chanting with his music. It's just intoxicating. And honestly, a common thread that I've noticed with the Triple H era of booking is that guys like himself and Bobby Lashley, who's not on this list, but could damn well possibly make his way on this list because he had a great year too as well. But these guys are like a redefined tweener for like a new generation where if they need to go up against an Austin Theory and be the face, they can do that. But if they need to go up against a Cody and be the heel, they could also do that. And there's slight variations between their character. You know, there's not there's not an exaggeration of one end or the other end. They're still essentially being themselves, but it's the rival the rivalry that they're in that's defining whether they're good or bad. And that's ingenious to me. So Seth, just for that alone, and of course being the workhorse of WWE, in my opinion, deserves a top five mention on the list. Uh, MJF, what a great year from comebacks to controversy to championships. MJF, top five spot. Um, and he's had some pretty great matches. He, he's a wrestler that's almost has that safe work style like the Miz and I know he gets all those comparisons because of his whole stick, but you know, just his in-ring work, it's amazing how many amazing to throw that word around, but it's incredible how many amazing matches he can have with such a variety of opponents over there at AEW. Um, that was great. And just the feather on the cap getting the world championship, I think was great. Uh, and then CM Punk I have on the list just because, you know. Regardless boo, of the media scrum, boo. which kind of, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think that he, you know, the guy was on such a high trajectory starting out in his career in AEW, kind of like with that ring rust. And I know that was last year, I think about this time last year, a little bit in, in the, um, what was in the summer of last year is when he debuted or he came into AEW. But um, either way, the, the entire story that's been taking place with him trying to reinvigorate not only his love for wrestling, but his skills and remember what he was doing and, and just to build and the crescendo with his matchup against MJF. We were there live at Revolution. It was just incredible. Whether he deserved to win the championship and all the other nonsense that happened before that, you know, politics are going to be politics. But aside from that, I think CM Punk, you know, once again, this is not in any particular order. He would probably be number five on the list simply because he's missing a lot of the year right now. And he was injured twice, which, you know, does hinder him. But to me, wrestler of the year or one of the wrestlers of the year. Uh, and number one to me, though, above anybody else, AEW's workhorse, John Moxley. You call him, break glass in case of emergency. Mox will come in and save the day. He is AEW's MVP by far, uh, in my opinion. And this year proved it, coming in in the clutch, saving Tony's butt multiple times. And just when you think he's going to go on vacation, he comes back and he starts new rivalries. And it's pretty insane how many points this man scores in Paper Champion. Listen, so the, um, Moxley will definitely come in and do whatever is needed to include bleed in every single match. Did you guys see that Rampage match? <laughs> the dude bled everywhere. It's a Rampage match. Mox, <laughs> what are you doing, man? 
Um, but also with CM Punk, man, I know we boo CM Punk, and I think he would be on my list too. I mean, he was champion. He won the championship twice. He had feud of the year. Um, but obviously all that nonsense that happened at Brawl Out and uh, the press conference uh, absolutely negated everything. Uh, bad news, Canelli. What do you got for male wrestler of the year? All righty. You're going to see a theme with this, but that's right. Number five, I got MJF. He would have been higher if he wasn't gone for those three months, even though, you know, he, he, people were talking about him. Where is he? Where is he? But, you know, I just thought he would be higher. And obviously winning the title was last week, a few weeks ago, definitely has helped him. So he's number five. Number four, Sami Zayn, the guy who's been on the best run in his WWE career for the last few months with the whole bloodline thing. I mean, it has not been one bad moment with him, all the stuff with Jay, you know, finally being accepted into the bloodline, you know, everything. And just what happened with War Games, the hug and everything, just awesome. So he's number four. Number three, the man who's brought some legitimacy back to the Intercontinental title, Gunther. I got him nice, in there. Dude. Just what he's done for that title, the monster heel they've needed, you know. Obviously, you know, Roman's got both belts and everything, so he's like the main title on that show, I feel, you know. Week after week, it defends it. And him and Ricochet it should be a lot of fun, I think, next week, wherever it is. So, got him number three. Number two, I got the tag team, the Usos. I mean, come on. What they've done this over a year, you can't deny the whole bloodline. Just everything they touch is just amazing. And speaking of number one, the Tribal Chief. That's all you got to say. The, the Tribal Chief. <laughs> like. Yeah, Roman Reigns, who would have thought? Who would have thought three years ago? Travel back in time three years ago, and we would there would be zero debate going on right now about Roman Reigns being wrestler of the year, right? Absolutely wild. Joseph Crush, what you got, man, for best male wrestler of the year? All right. Uh I'm going I went with Sammy as well for five. And I think although it wasn't the, the full year, I think the how much impa- impact he had on this current run. Uh, speaks volumes for himself. So I had to give him some love, man. Probably the most entertaining guy in, in wrestling right now. Um, MJF number four. I mean, it's MJF, and he finally got the title, and I think that's all he needed uh, to to really make this list. And I, I'm super excited to see what he has to offer going forward. Number three is Mox. And I mentioned, like, Kayfay before with Jade. Like, shoot stuff. He was supposed to go on vacation for, like, six weeks. Dude stuck around after the whole CM Punk shit and kind of really held his own and stuff like doing stuff like that and and killing it on TV, bleeding or not. I think, uh, man, he deserves love no matter what. And he's really shown what he can do, uh, being like the the head of that. I want to call him the captain of AEW, right? Um, Number two is Seth. I had this like thing in my head with if Roman, like Roman's the best. He's number one. Obviously, but I think Seth Rollins is, in my opinion, the best pro wrestler in the world. Um, all around, he does talks, work, the the response from the crowd, uh, everything about him is makes to me. He's my like the best wrestler in the world. But number two on the list for this year, Roman's number one. We know why, right? Uh, even though, and, and what does it say that he does? He's wrestling on pay-per-views maybe here and there on shows and he still gets the number one spot it speaks it says a lot so uh i acknowledge you travel chief well i mean it says a lot right until you wait till we get to match of the year right i assume we're gonna see uh roman reigns pop up a few times on match of the year because um yeah he doesn't wrestle that much but when he does wrestle it's super impactful right 
Uh, Joe, Project Kayfabe, what mm-hmm. do you got, man, for Male Wrestler of the Year? Yeah, I got Roman Reigns. Because obviously, he's a tribal chief, and he's just been incredible. He's been on a roll. If he keeps going like this, he'll always be number one. I uh, got Seth Rollins on here, too. Just because same things everyone else is saying. Same thing with John Moxley. The Shield just take it up. You know, the Shield is really killing it. They just had their 10-year anniversary. And look at what they're doing in their 10-year anniversary. They're just on top of each, like, show that they're on. It's incredible. Uh, I put MJF on here. If we did, like, promo of the year, I feel like he could probably fit, like, someone's, like, all five spots if we did that. Just because he is must-see whenever he has a mic. I mean, it's incredible. He, like, calls himself on the part of my take uh, uh, interview he had. He's like, I'm a special attraction. And he is. You know, he's he's what you want to watch, and he's what gets the people going. And uh, seeing him win the title, that that was crazy. That was great to be there live. Um, I was just – I honestly kind of didn't know what to put as, like, my fifth option. So I was, like, kind of grasping at straws, even though now that I sit here, I'm like, I probably should have put Bobby Lashley on my list, but I didn't. He would fit on this list. But I gave it to Chris Jericho out of all people. Chris Jericho is one of my goats of all time, you know, if I had to make a list of all that. Um, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, his uh, feud with – uh, uh, Eddie Kingston, I'm, I'm pretty sure, was still this year. The whole stuff that they had, oh, yeah. Blackpool Combat Club, Jericho Appreciation Society. I mean, he's the Ocho. Ocho. Sure, he just lost the belt tonight, <laughs> but he's he's been killing it just because of who he is. And, you know, some people get tired of his shtick, and I understand it as a fan. I get tired of him, too. But he's still one of the best out there in, in like, what, 50-something years old at this point? Like, it's incredible. So I put him in there just because – I like Chris Jericho. <laughs> no, Chris Jericho had a great year too. I mean, he won his eighth world title. And I mean, some can easily say that he's been hands down carrying AEW um, during the dark times, right? During, I mean, John Moxley gets yeah. a lot of credit, but um, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and all that fun stuff, absolutely. Um, here, I got uh, NJ3s. I got his um, big surprise here, uh, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega coming in. The dude wrestled for like four minutes this year, and I love it. It's on there. He's still the best. And uh, MJF. So when I punch everything into the WrestleBuzz Gonculator, uh, we do not have a clear definitive uh, top three. We do have a clear definitive top two. Um, our second and third clean sweeps of the night. Uh, Roman Reigns, obviously, and MJF. So MJF and Roman Reigns are locked into our top three, but we have a tie for the the third position. Seth Rollins and John Moxley, both with five votes each. Yeah. And I'm going to turn it over mm. to bad news, Tom Canale, because you didn't pick either one of them. So I want to <laughs> know, I want to know which one do you think is better, Seth Rollins or John Moxley? I think that's brilliant. By the way, sorry. I just think that's brilliant to give it to him for it because he didn't pick. That's all. Um, even though he was on a hell of a losing streak, I got to go with the Seth. The guy is so entertaining. He really is. I mean, he went on that losing streak. I mean, he finally won in a pay-per-view at Clash of the Castle against Riddle. I mean, the stuff he – just alone, the stuff he did with Riddle leading up to that, the whole backstage, you know, when they're doing the interviews and they thought they cut and he – Talk shit about his family and all that. I mean, come on. The guy's just so entertaining. Just I forgot a lot of fun about that. And just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
it's just like he finally won the U.S. title. Obviously, he lost it, but I mean, it's just it's good to see him have some gold this year. But I think twenty twenty three is going to be his year. So for this, I'm going to go. I'll go with Seth. What do you say to Matt Riddle? He called him a bitch ass. Yeah, his family, you bitch ass, leaving him in shape. Yeah. So all right. So all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around the room and, and NJ3 isn't here, so he doesn't get to vote. And I'm going to start and what I'm going to do is I'm going to say your name and we have to break this tie. OK, we can't we can't go in with the tie. So we have to pick Seth Rollins or John Moxley. You get one vote. I'll go through. Start with you, Joey, Joseph Crush. Who do you got, Seth Rollins or John Moxley? I'll go Seth. Keep it Bad safe. news. You're going with Seth? Crush. All right. Joe at Project Kayfabe, who do you got? Give it to Mox. Mox it is. Paper champion himself, Eric, what do you got? Uh, I also, too, am taking Mox. Well, that brings it to me as a tiebreaker, and I picked both Mox and Seth Rollins, but I I have to give it 100% to Seth Rollins, man. But I'm marking it down on the paper. Seth Rollins uh, wins this round. So sorry, John Moxley. You had a great year. Uh, Seth Rollins lost more than anybody else, but I'm highlighting him green on the spreadsheet right now. Um, it is a go for Seth Rollins. Great year for Seth Rollins. And I think, uh, bad news, you said it right. His t- 2023 is definitely a world championship run for him. Yeah. All right. We got three categories left, and I can't hear, can't wait to hear what you guys got to say. Pay-per-view PLE of the year. Let's start it off with Joseph Crush. Who do you got, man? Pay-per-view PLE of the year. All right. Um, number five, I have Extreme Rules. I think uh, it was an Extreme Rules that like we haven't seen in a long time. I think uh, a big complaint about uh, novelty pay-per-views under Vince uh, was that if it was extreme rules or hell in the cell there'd be like one match of that on the card right and uh now with new ownership new uh creative ownership every match had a stipulation um and i think bes- maybe besides like the ronda live one if i if i remember correctly um which i think still was pretty good uh every match killed it and every match was very entertaining and uh, another reason could be because Bray showed up as well. So uh, that added it to my list on that. Um, SummerSlam was number four. I think just, I mean, listen, there was like a visual aspect that kind of threw me off with half the half crowd being there. But uh, I think the overall show was fun. And I think a lot of things happened on that show uh, that really stuck out. Uh, if we want to go back to one of my moments with the with the tractor with Brock, it just felt like a big deal. Right. And uh, being in Nashville, I thought it was pretty cool as well. Um, number three, I have Revolution. Um, there's so many pay per views I could have, you could have chose from, from AEW. I kind of wanted to sh- spread love. There's, I, they always put on good shows. Right. Um, and it was just kind of hard to pick a certain one. Um, but I think this one stuck out. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is, was this with the, uh, this should be with the dull car match, correct? Yeah. Um, so CM Punk and the, 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 one of my we'll get to the matches later. Spoiler, it's it's th- that one's on there. Um, but there's a lot of good, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good moments there. You guys were there for it, right? So that's where Regal showed up as well. Um, I think it was just a solid pay-per-view all around. Uh it, I love 
like looking back on it, and I know Hangman gets a lot of shit for his run, but I, I, I miss him as champion, dude. Like, like where we're at, I, I love MJF being there, but like I loved uh, Hangman as champion. I don't know, I was a big fan of his, but uh, just it, it felt like a good time in AEW, and uh, I still think they're trying to work back up to that to that point. Uh, next was Clash of the Castle at number two. I thought it was a cool idea to go internationally finally, like not to Saudi Arabia. And uh, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. And the crowd, listen, I'm, we, I live in New York. We're, we're proud to be a very uh, loud and, and smart crowd here. Uh, Chicago as well. You got those LA, whatever, but you got to give props to the UK, dude. Cause those motherfuckers know how to turn up at WWE events, man. And they're, they have the, the core, the choreographed chance and they're into it. And that made that event a lot better than it probably was. I mean, it was still a great event, but on top of that, everything that happened solo showing up, uh, Gunther and Sheamus, uh, was there. And like, I just overall, man, it was just, uh, it was, a, it was a show. And then, uh, number one, mania night one for me, uh, just the whole, I mean, it was WrestleMania, uh, things happened. Right. And, uh, Man, it was just a fun, a fun night, and it wasn't. We're not there yet, but it was like the let. Just knowing it was not knowing now that it was Vince's last Mania uh, was also like, listen, he did some shit, shitty things, but I'm a fan for 30 years, and like Vince was there, and it, it, it being his last Mania, it just kind of like surreal still. So that uh, on top of everything else that happened that night with Cody or whatever, but uh, it was just a you know a, just a great. A great show, and that's the, that's my list. I mean, not only was it his last Mania, but he wrestled and won a match that night, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. <at> Mania, yes. <laughs> never forget. Well, I, never that might have not been the reason why I chose that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got? Uh, best uh, pay per view PLE of the year. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my list, uh, maybe a little. A little bit of recency bias, but also I just really enjoyed this one, and I was there. AEW Full Gear, probably my favorite AEW show of the entire year. Just so many cool moments with, you know, MJF, obviously, uh, seeing the acclaimed and how over they are. It was just a really good card. I enjoyed it. Normally, you know, you know the cards do feel pretty long on AEW show, and they are, but uh, even with how long it was, it was just an enjoyable time. Uh, I'm going to wrap up WrestleMania as just an entire thing, not a day one or day two thing, uh, different to what uh, Joey just did. But I'm going to give it to WrestleMania in general. I thought this was a really good WrestleMania. And also echoing the same thing, knowing that this was Vince's uh, last WrestleMania. That's pretty interesting just to know that, you know, and it was a good one. So I'll give it to that. I also gave it to Forbidden Door. Just because this was almost like a pay-per-view we didn't know would ever maybe happen just because of working relationships with different companies. And we were maybe not sure if this was going to happen. New Japan has been burned in the past by American companies. So I did not think this would happen. And it happened. So this was cool. Uh, Clash of the Castle was another one. Just, you know, same thing. International aspect and not being in Saudi. And just like the crowd was crazy. Like I've been getting into the World Cup for the first time. And those crowds are cool. The soccer crowd, I kind of think about that is what we were seeing with the you know just all of like Wales or however that went uh with uh, Clash of the Castle and uh just to be a little different I'm gonna give it the world on GCW this was like the first month of the year it was in January GCW renting out you know 
filling the uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, you know, you staple in wrestling and you think about it in the old days. So that was awesome. Great show. And just seeing like an, an indie do something like that and do it well. And uh, the amount of people that were on there, like John Moxley versus Homicide. I'm like, ah, never thought I'd see that. That was pretty cool. Matt Cardona and all the stuff he's been doing. So World on GCW gets a mention on my list. A uh, great pick with uh, GCW. I know they just transferred all their stuff to fight too. I think they're on fight now. Um, I need to get my life together and watch more GCW. So great pick on that. Bad news. What do you got for pay-per-view PLE of the year? Okay. Number five, I got all out. Good pay-per-view, but unfortunately got overshadowed by all the craziness afterwards. So that's number five. Number four, Crown Jewel. Who would have thought Roman Reigns and Logan Paul would have been a good match? I mean, that match was exceeding my expectations. And the rest of the card I thought was pretty good. But that that right there was made at number four. Number three, both nights of WrestleMania. Obviously, Stone Cold, night one. Roman and Brock, night two. And all the other great matches they had. So, that was a lot. Of, and like we said, who knew it was going to be Vince's last WrestleMania? And he put on a good one. So, number three. Number two, SummerSlam. This was, we knew this was Triple H's baby now, just by, you know, all the stuff that happened, all like the returns and just the craziness of the main event with, you know, the tractor with Brock and Roman, just great match and all that. That's number two. And number one for me, Clash of the Castle. I mean, the crowd over there, just the crowd alone was so good. And all the matches, the Roman Drew match, the Seamus Gunther match, and just it was such a great pay per view. And I hope they do more shows over there because that crowd is, you know, they want they want a pay per view over there. They want WrestleMania over there so badly, and maybe this it happens. You know, down the line we'll see. But what a great pay per view that was for for me, especially. You know, I'm gonna just keep going on with with my picks now because uh, Clash of the Castle was on mine too. Clash of the Castle was so much fun, and maybe because it was like an afternoon show too. So like, I ordered pizza for lunch. I think it came on at like ten. I think the pre show started at like ten o'clock here, and uh, I ordered some pizza for lunch, and the crowd was hype. The main event was awesome, um, and uh, obviously uh, Gunther, Sheamus, that was absolutely awesome. And just, uh, I mean, what I've liked about the Roman matches this year is that they make them events, like because we all want to see Roman lose the belt, but we also we all also know that he's not going to lose the belt, right? So how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? Um, Clash of the Castle was awesome. Uh, AEW Revolution. Um, obviously, I have bias because I was there along with the uh, paper champion himself and uh, the dog collar match, Jericho versus Kingston, um, uh, the Adam Cole versus uh, um, Hangman Adam Page, uh, the the chants that were coming from the crowd with the "Let's go Adam," Adam sucks chants were absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Made my night. I was so happy to participate in those. And um, I also put AEW Double or Nothing. AEW Double or Nothing was uh, fantastic. I know it was all weird and overshadowed by the MJF stuff, which we obviously know in hindsight now paid off and was awesome. And I also put WrestleMania. Um, I mean, there are so many moments from WrestleMania this year. Stone Cold, Cody Rhodes, uh, Roman winning both belts. Um, and WrestleMania was awesome this year. And I mean, Vince McMahon's last WrestleMania, sure, but uh, it was like the first proper WrestleMania, too, in front of fans. Uh, you know, the year before, they did it in front of like minimum capacity and they tried their best. They had rain delay. 
Um, and they didn't really sell that many tickets this year too. Or it was like, I think the last time they were in the building, they think they, uh, it was a hundred thousand people. I think they were at like 60 something thousand, but still an, an amazing WrestleMania. And then I put AEW full gear just from all the stuff that went on. And obviously MJF went in the belt at full gear. It was absolutely, uh, absolutely incredible. And now I'll kick it over to, uh, paper champion, Eric, how you doing? What do you got for pay-per-view PLE of the year? Um, man, there was, a there was a lot of good pay-per-views all around for every company this year. Um, I have nothing I'm going to mention is something that someone hasn't mentioned before, but the first one I'll kick it off at number five is AEW Forbidden Door. Similar to what Joe was saying, we, I don't think anybody really expected for two major companies, especially New Japan working with a Northern you know, North American company again, and to put on an event at this scale, at this level in the game, we might not see a forbidden door. I know everybody wants it and all this, but I feel like there were so much, so many elements involved with it, um, not just to make it happen, but of course, you know, the card itself was fantastic. A lot of dream fantasy matches and even matches. I'll give you one in particular because it's on my top five of the year. Will Ospreay taking on Orange Cassidy. That matchup was poetry in motion there was you know there's a lot of athleticism that gets underlooked at from people that are not wrestling fans so the eyes from the outside don't respect the game the way that it should be and this is a matchup that proves that you know obviously this is scripted combat but when you see two artists in the ring like Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy go at it. That, to me, really put that pay-per-view over the top, along with all the other surprises and great action that we saw. Uh, number four, I had Clash at the Castle, like uh, Joey Slavinsky was saying. Um, you know, we're talking... Uh, uh, the, the European wrestling fans have been thirsting for an event since WrestleMania... I'm assuming since SummerSlam 92. So... To give them something like this, and not only just give them just, you know, this is an insurrection, you know, I should say it's since insurrection, but, um, you know, this is this was an event that had meaning to it. There were incredible matches. Another match of the year contender was on that card as well with Gunther and Sheamus. Um, I love that card. The reactions, crowd reactions make everything when you're watching it at home the way that we all do. And just to see all of that in that moment, I'll be honest, the only thing, in my opinion, from keeping it from number one was if Drew was able to somehow beat Roman in his hometown. I think that would have been fantastic, but I digress. Um, I broke up WrestleMania into two nights, and I only have one of them on there. So WrestleMania night one to me was perfection. It kind of, you know, we've been very lackluster in the WrestleManias, obviously, with the COVID era. And even, I'll be honest, you know, for the last couple of years, even prior to COVID, the WrestleManias haven't really been feeling truly like a WrestleMania. Um, this was the first one in a long time. And obviously, you know, <clears throat> you know, coming back from pandemic definitely helped thrive that and boost that. But everyone came out to perform. And, and the common thread you'll see here, another match of, content, match of the year contender on that card with Becky and Bianca Belair. Um, so that was on my list. Uh, number two for me would be SummerSlam. SummerSlam felt SummerSlam and Extreme Rules. I was bouncing between the two 
and which one to put on the list. Um, I decided to go with SummerSlam mainly because it's one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. It always has been, but it truly felt like a changing of the guard. You know, that the, there was a new, there, there was a new feeling in the air. You know, this was going to be something that wrestling fans, you know, we were going to get our wish guys. We were going to get our wish and we were going to get proper booking and proper storylines on top of the fact that it was a great card, everything about it, the great moments between Brock and Roman with the, with the tractor, of course, uh, damage control debuting and all the other things that happened. SummerSlam, fantastic. I believe Seth and Seth and uh, uh, Riddle, I believe, fought that night too as well. And a great matchup. I think that was the, um, the, the their matchup before the Extreme Rules matchup. But either way, great matchup. Uh, and number one for me is going to be Revolution. We were there. It was incredible. To be frank, I've never had that good of tickets for a wrestling event before. I sat on the floor level. My mother's first wrestling event that I took her to since, I'll be honest, I believe it was the night that Triple H came back at Madison Square Garden back in January. Um, We were there. It was incredible. My mother had not seen a wrestling event since. And to see 65-year-old Sting diving onto Andrade El Idolo about 10 feet away from me was something I am proud to have lost my voice to. Uh, that to me is probably pay-per-view of the year, but once again, it's biased because I was there like you, George, and it was just incredible. The chance, the feeling in the air, um, it really did feel like, I forgot who said it before, but it felt like everything was good in the air in AEW. That was definitely AEW's high of the year until just drama and politics started to get into the way and really hinder things. I mean, what I say about AEW Revolution was how loud it was. Like it was when you walked in, like when you walk, I walked in during the pre-show and it was so loud. And that's what I love about wrestling. (laughs) Excuse me. It was loud. But then also, let me tell you how good Eric's seats were. I had a private suite box and I was like, hey, man, you're more than welcome to come up to my suite. And he was like, nah, man, I got good seats. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm talking about. He had those good floor seats. And yeah, 10 feet away from Sting diving off the top. So I'm with you, bro. And um, what I find funny about Clash of the Castle is WWE kept pushing it hard about uh, the hometown, the hometown, the hometown. And uh, just so you all know, Wales is like two countries over from Scotland. But I appreciate WWE's effort in uh, making it a hometown mm, victory. Nice. Um, I, 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 that's just me and my geography nerd coming in. Um, here, I got uh, MJ3's uh, picks. Where are we at? Clash of the Castle, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. All out and double or nothing. That's what uh, NJ3 had. So when we clash it all together, and to the pun intended, with all into the Wrestle Buzz Gonculator, we have a solid three choices uh, WWE Clash at the Castle, WWE WrestleMania as a whole, even though somebody else said night one, somebody else said a whole, I'll put it all together as a whole, and then That's WWE right. SummerSlam for the top three of the year. All right, we have two categories left. We're going to get down to shock of the year. Ooh, I feel like this is going to get a little intense. Joseph Crush, what do you got for shock of the year? All right, shock of the year. 
Um, number five, it's Cody leaving AEW for WWE. Mm. Uh, just a shock in general, just to him, someone of that high, uh, you know, stature in a company leaving for the rival, especially like we said before many a time. Uh, what he did over there too to represent himself against WWE. Um, I think the MJF pipe bomb when he called Tony a fucking Mark, which uh was a shocker for <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so yeah, and he left for about three months, right? And so everything was all up in the air there. And it was like, you know, half the time it's storyline, but then I was even myself being a fan for so long, we were still questioning whether what what was going on. Um, number three with Sasha and Naomi walking out on WWE, and they're still not back. So it's still still uh, existing. Um, number two was Brawl Out, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, a lot of things happened there, and uh, I, it was a shocker for sure. And then I think the biggest shock, and I want to say ever, <laughs> uh, Vince retiring, and I thought he would die Oof. as the owner of WWE. So... Um, it was a shocker for sure, and that's my my list there. No, I think that's going to be uh, a common theme around today. Eric, what do you got for shock of the year? All right, um, I'm kicking this off. This one off with Karrion Cross returns to attack Drew McIntyre. Um, to me, that was just shocking and poignant because kind of like what I was stating earlier about SummerSlam, how there was a, a different feel in the air. The real Karrion Cross's debut to take out the Scottish Terminator, I thought was just what a great way to reintroduce someone that had such a piss-poor debut. I mean, the only thing that was missing from his Gladiator look was just being redubbed Laser or Sonic or something like that and have him smashing, you know, padding. American Gladiator reference there for anybody that's uh that's that's listening. But um either way, so Carrie Gross's debut and attacking Drew McIntyre to me that was shocking just to see it uh unfold. Now this moment here was mentioned during the moment of the year to but to me it was kind of shocking and that was Jay Uso finally embracing Sammy at Survivor Series. All the hesitation, you know, when you have these these People that are in your life and everybody around them, around your whole crew, likes this one person, but you're always hesitant about them and you're always kind of questioning their motives and questioning their 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 agenda. And instead of the wrestling cliche of being upset and oh turning and oh the drama, no, instead you get like this almost Ha- this this happy embrace where you know there's only one way to go from here now and that's the drama and the breakup but how heartbreaking is it going to be is it going to be more heartbreaking to jay or jimmy i don't know because it, it what a what a fucking great moment i can go on forever about that survivor <laughs> series embrace but like i said it was shocking to me to me it was more shocking than it being the moment of the year um i'll continue brock number three brock lifting the ring with a tractor at SummerSlam. When he was bringing the tractor in, I didn't really know what was about to go down. Uh, and and my God, I'm very happy we all were able to witness it, witness in our lives a wrestling ring be turned sideways 
live during a pay-per-view and no one really get hurt. It's all part of the plan. What a fantastic, shocking moment that was to me. Um, number two, I went with a Cody moment, but I went with a different Cody moment, and that's Cody revealing his bruise at Hell in a Cell. Um, you know, we all know what wrestling is, the scripted combat that we love, the, the stories, the drama. And the fact that Hell in a Cell matches, dare I say, over the last decade, have not really lived up to what a Hell in a Cell matchup. I mean, this might be a polarizing statement. I don't think any Hell in a Cell match has ever lived up to the hype since Mick Foley retired. And the fact that, you know, and maybe with the, I'll take Triple H Undertaker out of the equation with that one. But um, just the fact that you see someone come in in a match that is known for being rough, known for being violent, and to see this massive maroon bruise that you know is not makeup, that you know has to hurt like a bitch. I, for the, for the first time in a long time in a WWE matchup, I was wincing at every bump and at every move either he, he was taking or delivering. I, I To see him just go through with the moment to me was just shocking. Um, and number one, Poof, the fucking king is dead off like the head of Ned Stark, although Ned is a much better person. Vince McMahon retiring. I mean, yeah, like Joey said, I, I, I thought that, you know, someone was going to go in the gorilla one Monday Night Raw and this guy was just going to be dead there. And whatever, the man is a workaholic. We all knew what he was. Listen, all jokes aside, yes, I, I mean, I love. we all love professional wrestling. A lot of what we love stemmed from his ideas, regardless of the kind of individual he was. Uh, dare I say, none of us would be wrestling fans without his input. Um, I'm super excited to see where the hell we go now in our future of wrestling fandom. Um, but him retiring, shock of the fucking year. The noise I made when he took off his uh, his coat. Uh, is something that I won't ever forget. That shit was absolutely wild when Cody took off his stuff. Um, Joe, Project Kayfabe, I know you got to run, so here, what do you got? I got your, uh, I know you got to run, so I got your stuff for the rest of the one, uh, for the rest of the night. What do you got for shock of the year? Uh, all right. Thank you for that. Thank you. And thank you guys. So it's been a great time. But before, you know, let me get my list. Uh, brawl out, media scrum. I mean, look at the way. That's all trans, like everything that's happened afterwards, as Eric said, like an octopus kind of. I mean, it's been crazy to have like, you know, someone's dog in the mix. I mean, just the last couple of weeks with the, uh, the elite mocking CM Punk in Chicago. It's amazing. So all that. Um, just a random one because I thought it's, it was a shocking one, um, especially because I never liked this guy. And I'm kind of trying to like him. But Dominic Mysterio turning on his dad on Ooh. Ray Mysterio. I was like, wow, this finally happened. This kid, I never really liked him. I always like, oh, I'm tired of him on my screen. And now he's doing things. I mean, just the whole Thanksgiving stuff that they did where they came over and beat Ray's ass. And his reasoning behind it was mm. he had his Christmas tree up and it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, come on now. That was great. That was solid work. I like that. Um, Cody Rhodes is going to be yeah. always on the list somehow. So Cody Rhodes coming back just because kind of everything that's been said. I mean, who would have fucking thought? Uh, Brock Lesnar lifting up the ring just because I never thought I'd see something like, you know, I, I'm still shocked whenever I watch Deathmatch Wrestling or like even Wrestling Society X back in like, what, 2004 or whatever. That was some crazy yeah. stuff. But seeing an entire ring flip 
crazy, crazy. And then I feel like we all are in agreement in some way. Vince McMahon retiring because I agree. I thought he would have died before this happened. And the fact that the way it happened and just everything that led to it. And the best part, too, is before he even retired, he would like, oh, I'm going to show up on SmackDown. I have a special thing to announce. And it was just like, hey, have a great SmackDown. Doesn't address any of it. It's like, how the fuck did this even go on this long until he officially goes on Twitter out of all places to announce it? So that's my shock for the year. Listen, uh, agree with everything you just said. And I know you got to go and I appreciate your inputs. I just want to let you know, it's obvious that you're, you got like a hot date tonight. And I just want to let you know, you look good tonight. You look good. You passed a good check. You look good. <laughs> I appreciate thanks, it. I appreciate thanks for always it. for coming out, man. You, uh, we appreciate it. And we'll let you know uh, when the next one is. We'll plug your stuff at the end. Appreciate you, bro. Thank All right. Bro. Joseph Crush, what do you oh, got, hey, man? Bro. Did you already went? Did you already go? Who went? I'm already lost now. Joe, Joey, yeah, did you already go? Tom, I, All right, Tom's there it is. Go. Yeah, I went. He, he threw me off. Tom, go ahead. All right, number five. Logan Paul actually good. That's that shocked the hell out of me. <laughs> and a crown jewel. I'm sorry, but man, that guy can go. I mean, the match he had against Mysterious with the Miz was actually very good. And the thing he had with Roman, like I said earlier, man, exceeded my expectations. So that's number five for me. Number four, I mean, I know everything happened with him, but Triple H having to retire from in-ring competition. I know he had that massive heart attack, but man, I really thought he would have maybe come back for at least one match. But did he announce that he had to retire? I guess it was really not. There was a very bad situation he had going on with him. So that was that was very shocking to me. Number three, this one is I don't think it's gonna be on anyone's list, but Scott Hall passing away, man. That really that hit me hard. It really did. I mean, I remember growing up watching him, you know, Razor Ramon, everything. I mean, the poor guy finally, you know, obviously had demons and stuff, but he finally, you know, he got past him and from the pass away the way he did, man, was just rough. I mean, growing up, you, you look at these guys, you think they're gods and mortals, and then you find out they're just like average guy, regular people. And from the pass away, that really did hit me hard. So that was number three for me. <clears throat> number two, CM Punk just losing his mind after winning the world title at All Out. I mean, I remember the match was good and everything, but then I remember I, I started watch it at first, the press conference, and just all over social media, it's like, oh, my God, Punk's going nuts. So, I, of course, I had a tune, put it on, and him just going off about Cole Cabana, who no one brought up, and this, and, you know, obviously the, the Young Bucks and – uh, what's his name? Adam Pay- uh, Hangman. Everything it was just like, what the hell, man? You just- and Tony Khan the whole time just sitting there like, is this really happening? I mean, it was just that was number two for me, and obviously number one, Vince McMahon man to retire. I mean, the- like we all said, we thought he died in Gorilla or wherever in the ring or something, and for it to- for it- for it to happen the way it did, unfortunately, it sucks. But you know. Too many, too many, uh, what do you call those? PD or whatever the hell they are. Um, non-disclosure, NFB, whatever the hell they're called. So, you know, it just, it sucked. It, it, it bit him in the ass, unfortunately. But now we got Triple H running things, so we're in good shape. But, yeah, Vince retiring number one for me. Well, I think the thing that really bit him in the ass was the, uh, hey, uh, I'll I'll have sex with you and then give you extra money and then fire you. <laughs> I think that's probably what exactly, probably yeah. <laughs> Sign this paper real quick and uh, don't ever talk about this. Uh, hey, so I'll go ahead and do my list. Um, my list lines up with with most of y'all's too. Uh, the 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 whole CM Punk stuff, uh, guys. If you go to WrestleBuzz on Instagram at WrestleBuzz, uh, you can find on our link tree. 
the Discord, and I, that's where I heard about it. I wasn't watching the scrum. I was, I uh, was, <laughs> I was paying attention to the Discord. Like my my watch started blowing up. Like y'all, y'all need to be watching the scrum. And that's when I turned on YouTube and uh, CM Punk losing his damn mind while eating muffins, completely bloody with the World Championship and. <laughs> It should be like an honorable mention of shock of the year of Tony Khan just sitting there like a doofus, like just not knowing what to do. Like that was the best. And an asterisk or an addition onto that was uh, later on in the scrum with uh, Chris Jericho. Did you, like I love watching Chris Jericho did his part of the scrum and like went over and like whispered in his ear as he was leaving. It's like, Hey man, shit's getting wild back there. There's a fight. <laughs> and uh, you could just see the whole vibe and it was weird, but yeah, definitely the whole CM Punk uh, media scrum and the brawl out uh, definitely shock of the year. <laughs> and I'm right on line with you guys with Vince McMahon retiring. Um, I, I remember vividly listening to whether it be the wrestling journal project kayfabe or any of the other wrestling podcasts I listened to. And that's all anybody was talking about. And, um, and then for it to finally just drop on Twitter, like Tom said, like it was wild, like for him to come out on SmackDown and be like, what's up, bitches, I'm not going anywhere. And then a week later to him be on Twitter and be like, Hey, y'all, I'm going somewhere. I'm out. Uh, was absolutely okay. wild. Um, <laughs> the MJF pipe, pipe bomb, uh, like Joey said, he called Tony Khan a fucking Mark and the, everything he, everything he said whether scripted or not was it felt real. Like it was such, it was probably one of the most real things that happened in wrestling this year, uh, at least in ring and MJF's pipe bomb hands down and Sasha and Naomi walking out and like legitimately walking out. We haven't seen them since like Joey said, we haven't seen them since. And they dropped the, the belts on the, on the table, on the desk and they haven't been back. And we've been speculating ever since of when they're going to come back and uh, finally, for my biggest shock of the year, Cody leaving AEW to come to WWE, um, executive vice president, set the company up, and uh, and then said, you know what, I want to go after the WWE championship. And uh, props to him. And obviously, he had a short run, and we're hoping to see him back soon at the Royal Rumble. But him leaving AEW for WWE was a big shock. Um, all right, let me give you guys NJ3s. Real quick, uh, he also, like most people, the, the media scrum was CM Punk, uh, Vince McMahon retiring, the pipe bomb from MJF, Sasha and Naomi leaving, and he also said just the shock of Stone Cold Wrestling at WrestleMania. That was a shock to him. So here's where we're going to get into debate, gentlemen, because we got to figure this one out. We have a clear number one, number two, uh, CM Punk, uh, media scrum and brawl out. And uh, Vince McMahon retiring in shame. Uh, both of those are number one and number two. But we have a tie for number three, and we need to work it out tonight between the five of us, or four of us, excuse me. Uh, the pipe bomb from MJF, Sasha and Naomi walking out, and Cody leaving AEW for WWE. Joseph Crush, which one of those three, mm-hmm. um, if you had to pick one, just debating, you know, if you had to give an argument for one of those three, which one do you think is the biggest shock of the year? Uh, it's so funny because those are my bottom. Those are my bottom three. And if I was go, going true to my personal rankings, I would, I would go with Sasha and Naomi leaving because I don't. Uh, I think the way it happens and the long standing of it as well, it's still existing. Um, I'm gonna go with Sasha and Naomi uh, walking out and still not being a part of the company. All right, I'll come back to you in a minute for a vote, Eric. What do you think out of those three uh, biggest shock of the year? Um, 
I'm also going to go with Sasha and Naomi. Uh, Joe brought up a great point there. We're still going through it. Mm. Um, All the other moments have come and gone. Beginning, middle, end, resolutions. We still don't know where this is going to go yet. If we're going to get an epic comeback. Or we're going to see them somewhere else. Or if we'll ever see them again. Both of these women are highly independent. and They're doing amazing things outside of wrestling. I'm sure we will see them again. But, you know, it's that's that's got to be the, you know, my pick there. So because I think I know which way this is going to lean, I'm going to go around the room and we're going to vote on between the MGF pipe bomb, Sasha and Naomi walking out and Cody leaving AEW for WWE. Joseph Crush, what do you got, man? Let me just do that. Oh, well, sort of, sort of, yeah, sort of. I was, it was debating. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was debating. Oh, my bad. Well, yeah, I'm going with, so I'm going with Sasha, Sasha, Sasha and Naomi. That's. I just yeah. want to get the official vote. Make sure, Eric, you going for Sasha too, since that's what you okay. just talked about. Yes, likewise. Yes. Listen, yes, listen. We're 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 making it up as we go along. Tom, what do you got? Hell yeah, dude. Nah, that's cool. Yeah, I go Sasha and Naomi just because who Naomi's married to. I mean, for that to happen in house like that, kind of rough. And like you said, we're still talking. Talking about it, so yeah, definitely Sasha Naomi. Well, I mean, I was definitely leaning towards the MGF promo until hearing Joey talk about like the fact that you're spot on. We're still talking about them leaving today. Like we still talk about whatever it be. Um, uh, Sasha gets some weird trademarks. Like she she files some weird trademarks. Sasha takes WWE out of her title, out of her Instagram handle, whatever it might be. We're still talking about that. So absolutely, I'll link it up. Let me get it on here. Let me highlight it on the spreadsheet. So our top three now for shock of the year, CM Punk, Vince leaving, and Sasha and Naomi walking out of WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, on the longest WrestleBuzz podcast of all time, we have reached the final category, match of the year. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through mine real quick, and uh, and then I'm going to go around, and then we're going to talk about the two people who aren't here. I'll give you theirs, but uh, my match – matches of the year my top five um roman versus logan paul at at, um at crown jewel um i was so impressed by that match that it absolutely blew my mind and they actually sold me on the fact that it was going to be logan paul winning like they did a good job at selling me on that even though we knew roman wasn't going to lose but they did a good job of selling me on it um mjf versus cm punk in the dog collar match i was there live it was bloody um, what do you, what, ah, damn, I can't remember what CM Punk said. Uh, eat shit, Max, I think is what he said. <laughs> Whenever Max had the, uh, the <laughs> microphone up to his face and he was telling him to quit, he said, eat shit, Max. I love that line. Uh, I think this is going to be something that everybody talks about because they've already talked about it tonight. Seamus versus Gunther at Clash of the Castle absolutely beat the shit out of each other. And that was phenomenal. Um, and, uh, Cody versus Seth at Hell in a Cell, uh, the Torn Peck changed the dynamic of that match and made every bump, every move, every, every hold, every, everything like just absolutely intense and made it for a great match. And I believe it was a five-star match from the, the old Meltzer uh, for uh, WWE this year. I think they only had two. And I think I just named both of them and uh, Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam uh, mainly because when we were going into that match, we had already seen Roman versus Brock so many times. And they're like, well, how's this going to be any different? And what are they doing? WWE's just trying to grab ratings. And of course, last man standing rules. 
uh, the tractor, um, every single thing about that. When when Roman or excuse me, when Brock was up in the tractor at the beginning, when they were doing the announcing of the people and Brock announced himself and threw the mic down and uh, Roman caught it and gave him that wink. Shut the hell up and tell me that wasn't one of the coolest things we've seen all year. So I give it to Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam. Um, Eric, all right, we'll toss it over to you, man. What do you got for your top five matches of the year? All right. So no particular order. Some of these are on the bottom. I'll give you my bottom first and then my top two. So I'll give you my bottom three. Um, but still to me within the top five, obviously. Anarchy, anarchy in the arena at double or nothing. I mean, we love wrestling, like I was saying before, because of the drama, because of the spectacle. And this match was nothing but a spectacle. And let's not forget it had its own soundtrack throughout the entire arena as music was playing. But to me, the iconic AEW moment of the year, Eddie Kingston coming down, bloody like a zombie, carrying a container of gasoline. <laughs> Just poetic. Um, then I'm going to go with Becky and Bianca Belair from WrestleMania Night 1. Um, this might have been the best match of WrestleMania weekend. Um, definitely the best match of Night 1. Obviously, we also had Cody and, and, and Seth. I'd say that was the best moment, but what a matchup between Becky and Bianca Belair. We knew that Becky was going to win it, but I mean, from the entrances, the, the just the back and forth between these two women, Alpha A, Alpha B. I know that doesn't make sense, but Alpha A, Alpha Dan B. Both of these women on top of the game in that matchup at Mania proved it. Uh, I mentioned this matchup earlier as well. Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door. Um, you know, there's a every wrestler nowadays is a good wrestler. Um, the backflips, the, the Phoenix splashes the shooting star presses, the 450s. It almost feels like every wrestler can do it. But when you see two wrestlers who basically have that capability work their style with one another, and Orange Cassidy's got one of the best characters. Obviously, it can get a little you know, stale at times, but probably one of the best character gimmicks going. And just the fact that I don't know how he's able to do a kip up with his hands in his pockets. And still to this day, I don't know how he does those most of the moves that he does with his hands in his pockets. And you combine that with Will Ospreay, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. That was such a fantastic matchup. I loved it. Top five of the year. Um, This is probably accurate here as my number two and then one. Uh, Cody versus Seth, Hell in a Cell. I had mentioned the bruise earlier. And once again, I haven't seen a WWE matchup at that point that didn't make me wince as much as our number one matchup. But that was, I mean, truly a moment. Cody winning it. I think he earned the respect of everybody that night. And even those that maybe were his peers that may not have respected him. I can damn well guarantee he earned the shit out of their respect that night. Um, And just a great performance all around. Number one, Gunther, Sheamus, Clash at the Castle, the latest matchup to make me wince in the WWE this year. It hasn't happened in years, but these two matches, the Cody Seth at Hell in a Cell because of Cody's injury, and then more so just the sheer 
brutality of Gunther and Sheamus. This was the equivalent of Terrifier 2 if it were to happen inside of a wrestling ring. These guys were slapping more meat than the butcher down the block. It was unbelievable. I loved it. The right man won too as well, although I wouldn't have been mad if Sheamus had won. But my God, I, you know, we always knew that like the 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 Walter McIntyre matches were going to be good. The Walter uh, Rollins matches were going to be good. We knew that anyone that Walter, when he was having that dominant reign in NXT UK, that when he got his chance to the main roster, we knew they were going to be rough. They knew they were going to be tough. But my God, Gunther, Sheamus, whew. You almost thought, I almost thought they didn't like each other in real life. <laughs> well, they this decided your personal to, uh, beef we're seeing unfold. <laughs> they, they, they decided to turn their bodies into different colors, that's for sure. Uh, Joey, what do you got for match of the year? Ooh, spicy uh, one here. Um, so I love pro wrestling, right? And uh, when you, some people say pro wrestling, they think like not, uh, like sports entertainment, but I like sports entertainment too. Um, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville WrestleMania. Uh, love that fucking match. That was, that was great. <laughs> um, and to even hear afterwards how Sammy, how much Sammy appreciated too, how much, uh, how much he put into that. It's like before, uh, this whole like before he really got deep in the bloodline, he said this was like his favorite thing he's done in pro wrestling. I'm, I'm assuming this is what he's doing now is probably up there as well, but uh. To kind of hear him break that down, I think he did it on Broken School Sessions with Stone Cold, and like he broke it down, uh, and it was just it made me appreciate it so much more. And you look at the match, and it was like very goofy and very fun, but even like the and not this not that it justifies anything, but even like the hardcore critics out there really enjoyed it as well, and or some of them at least. So that that lands at number five for me. Um, number four was the the dog collar match with uh, MJF and CM Punk. We mentioned that earlier. Don't have to go too much into it. Number three, uh, and I really wanted to give them more love in this list, guard. You had you had mentioned them before. FTR. Um, I have FTR and the Briscoes at uh, Death Before Dishonor, and uh, we're recording at a certain Hell time. I don't yeah. really want to give away. Our, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to give away our time of recording because we were dropping this a little later. But uh, they just may have had a dog a double dog collar match the same the same day as we recorded this and uh the tr- the trilogy itself of the ftr versus the briscoes you could just mark down as like fucking tr- year i don't know what is that even a category but it'll be its own category um you, you can argue that in seth and cody as well but uh ftr on their own and even like dax dude uh not that uh what, what's his is it dax dax hardwood yeah him on his own, he could be a wrestler of the a male wrestler of the year too. Because him, him doing the single stuff too, and what he's doing with FTR, man, FTR, shit, like so, like the fact that they didn't get a, a title run with AEW yet, or like a good one, right? Like the longstanding acclaims got it, they should, but like I just really think FTR, whether or not it's it's or shoot or work whatever they should be in a better spot in my opinion but that's me nitpicking um but yes and then so you guys said and i'm torn right and i don't want to i don't want to do both matches but you guys said uh cody and seth in hell in a cell and i'm not there's nothing uh that was it was a toss-up between that and the mania match and i only took and they both because it's crazy because they both have those moments right the moment of the bruise reveal but it 
just the moment itself of him coming to WWE like really added more. And that match was really fucking good too. And like for them, I don't know what they've worked out before, like leading up to it. Um, you'd love to hear they never touched and like they never even discussed anything because like that's what I would love to hear. I'm sure they did discuss things before, but the, just to see Cody back, uh, represented in WWE in the fucking the show of shows against my pick to be all around greatest wrestler in the world right now. I I think the magic was there and the moment, even though we're talking about match itself, the moment really made that as well. So I have Cody and Seth at mania and then Gunther versus Sheamus clash of the castle. Last year, I would have picked if we did this Gunther versus Ilya. So I believe that was last year as well. One of the two, I guess. But uh, so Gunther back to back years, I'm just going to, my top match of the year. The guy is fucking good. I really am ashamed that I didn't put him on my list. And I shout out to Tom for putting him on his list for the uh, top five male wrestlers of the year because this guy's crushing it, dude. I think he'll be on there next year if, if they continue the, the run that he's going on now. Well, I think he has a great, like, um, Royal Rumble, not chance to win, but I think when he's in the Rumble, I think it's going to be amazing this year. Um, and the Cody Seth at Mania. Uh, absolutely was mania match of the of the weekend. Uh, both nights, that match, the hype between it, the moment, like you said, um, hands down, absolutely. Seth and and uh, Cody that weekend. Uh, bad news. What do you got for match hmm. of the year? All righty. Number five, I have probably my favorite tag team match was the Usos versus the Street Profits at Money in the Bank. I thought that match was a lot of false finishes. I had so much fun with that. And that that right there proved to me. I mean, I knew they were already already good, but the Russos were just on another level at that point. I mean, that match was just so good. So that's number five for me. Number four, Roman and Brock at SummerSlam. I mean, yeah, we've seen it so many times, but I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I've never seen a tractor pick up a, a ring like that. And for Roman to sell it and just with a, Usos to come out and help him dump all the shit on top of Brock. I mean, it was I I felt like the perfect ending for their rivalry. So it, that was number four for me. Number three, I mean, Cody and Seth Hell in the Cell, just because, you know, the whole torn pack thing. We've said so much on here already. I mean, the match was really good. Probably, probably one of the better Hell in the Cell matches in a long time. Number two, Roman and Drew clash the castle. I mean, there was a moment I really thought Drew was going to win. And then, obviously, you know, Solo came out and everything. Because, you know, Usos weren't there. Heyman wasn't there. So, he didn't have backup. But, obviously, you know, they had something in the world with Solo. But, man, I thought it would have been so good. Because, you know, Drew never had his moment when he won the title a couple of years ago. Because, obviously, he was at the start of, you know, the pandemic and everything. He won in front of nobody. So, I thought, okay, maybe this is their way of, you know, making it right with him. But, you know, it wasn't the B. But, man, what a match that was. And, number one, Gunther Sheamus. I mean, it felt like an actual fight. It didn't feel like a wrestling match. It felt like they hated each other. I mean, just going back and forth. And it was pretty cool. Imperium came back in full force before the match. So that was very, that added a, little, a lot to it, too. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, that match. I mean, like J- Joey said, next year it might be Gunther again. And it probably will be. So just awesome match all around. I love that Imperium uh Gunther's or Walter's original music too. So to hear that like that, whoa, whoa, that's so goddamn yeah, yeah, yeah. dope and so powerful. Um, uh, so uh, spot on. And here I'll give uh Joe's pick real quick since he uh he had to leave the podcast early. Uh he picked uh Roman versus Logan at uh Crown Jewel. He also picked the dog collar match between MJF and CM Punk. He also picked Sheamus versus Gunther. 
uh, Clash of the Castle, and he also picked Cody versus Seth at Hell in a Cell, and he also picked the Elite uh, versus the Aussie Open at uh, on an episode of Dynamite. I love that. I love that shout out. Um, oh, that was a yeah, that's a good shout. That was a good shout. And of course, let me give NJ 3s picks. He also picked the dot collar match between MJF and CM Punk, and Sheamus versus Gunther at Hell in a Cell. He picked Cody and Seth at Mania as well. And he also picked Roman and Drew at Clash of the Castle. And he also picked Will Ospreay versus uh, Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door. So with that, all that said, I punch everything into the gonculator. And we have three definitive uh, top three matches of the year. I'm sure you guys can pick them out. We have MJF versus CM Punk at AEW Revolution, the dog collar match. We have Sheamus versus Gunther at WWE Clash of the Castle. And we also have Cody versus Seth at Hell in a Cell with the Torn Peck. So, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up a very <laughs> long, long podcast <laughs> of fun conversations about what we did. So what we're going to do real quick is I'm going to run through real quick and I'm going to name off all the categories because what we're going to do is we're going to come back on a second podcast and the guys are going to sleep on it and they're going to think about it. And we're going to pick who our very best number one is for the WrestleBuds podcast network. So real quick, just to remind you what we picked tonight for moment of the year, we have the white rabbit teases plus the Ray, uh, Bray Wyatt return, Cody Rhodes returning to WWE and stone cold returning to wrestle at mania at wrestlemania for debut of the year we have cody rhodes at wrestlemania we have solo sokola at clash of the castle and we have soraya soraya at AEW grand slam <laughs> for return of the year we have bray wyatt of course at extreme rules damage control at SummerSlam, and johnny gargano on a random episode of monday night raw for female wrestler of the year we have Bianca Belair, Jade Cargill, and Mandy Rose with her Monster NXT Women's Title uh, Championship run. For Male Wrestler of the Year, we have the Tribal Chief, the Head of the Table, Roman Reigns, uh, the Devil himself, MJF, and of course, Seth freaking Rollins. For Pay-Per-View Premium Live Event of the Year, we have WWE Clash of the Castle, WWE WrestleMania, and WWE SummerSlam. WWE took it this year. Look at that. Look at the top three. AEW didn't even stand a chance. I love it. Uh, for shock of the year, we have CM Punk losing his goddamn mind at the medium scrum, which led to a fight with the elite and a dog. Uh, we have Vince McMahon <laughs> retiring in shame uh, via Twitter. And then, of course, we have Sasha and Naomi dropping the belts on the desk and walking out uh, on WWE. And for match of the year, we have MJF versus CM Punk at AEW Revolution in a dog collar match. We have Sheamus versus Gunther at WWE Clash of the Castle. And of course, we have Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins, Hell in a Cell, Torn, Peck, and all. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this podcast and we'll come back uh, for a second podcast where all the guys will come in with their votes. And what they're going to do is they're going to rank them one through three. Uh, their number one pick will earn five points. Their number two pick will earn three points and their number three pick will earn one point. And what we'll do is we'll put all the votes together and those will be the best moments, wrestler debuts, returns, whatever it might be of the year for the WrestleBuzz podcast network. And guys, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. I didn't tell you about this uh, already. So this is going to be a surprise to you. 
on the next podcast, I also want to know who you want to see as the final four in the Royal Rumble early next year. All right, so when we come back on our second podcast, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear who you think you're going to be the number. I don't care who wins because I think we all know who's going to win, but I want to know who your final four is going to be. Um, I'm going to put out all this general stuff, so I'm going to talk about you can find us on Instagram at WrestleBuzz. On Instagram, you can find us at From the Top Rope Podcast and at Project underscore Kayfabe. That's where you can find all of us. Uh, and the Wrestling Journal, or excuse me, at the Wrestle Buzz Podcast Network, where we have the Wrestling Journal Podcast, From the Top Rope Podcast, and Project Kayfabe Podcast. Um, guys, Joey, anything to say on our end of year podcast? Uh, that was fun. It was it was long, but it was fun, man. It was a, a first of its kind, and uh, I think uh, I can't wait for next year. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see the results, man. I, I hope maybe the everyone could uh, we can get NJ three on the next the final episode. Joe, yeah, yeah. maybe stay a little longer. And we get the whole fucking crew here. But uh, we'll I had a blast with you boys. I, I want to thank you for. I want to th- thank you for setting it up, dude, because you put a lot of effort into this, doing spreadsheets and shit. So I appreciate you doing that, man. Hell yes, Precious. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for letting me come into the uh, WrestleBuzz Podcast Network family. It's good to have uh, Bad News Tom Canelli. Do you got anything to say on our end of year podcast? Uh, like Joey said, it was a lot of fun, you know, hanging out with you guys and everything. And just what a crazy year in wrestling has been. So can't wait to see, where, yeah, see what next year brings. But man, that's going to top this year. That's for sure. Absolutely not. Uh, Mr. Paper Champion himself, Eric, what do you got for the end of year? Oh, man, you know, kind of to, to reiterate what Tom just said, what a end of what a year in wrestling that we've had from beginning to end, from highs to lows, from Brock and Ronda winning the Royal Rumbles to Vince retiring to CM Punk once again putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Things are going absolutely nuts. Um, and I also too want to say thank you for inviting me on. I'm not usually in the podcast world, but uh, thank you for letting me on and letting me take part in this. Uh, I do thoroughly enjoy it and I appreciate it. Listen, I completely forgot that Brock won the Rumble until you just said that. That's how long this year has been, how much crazy crap is happening. Brock comes, Brock wins the Rumble. Didn't he come in at number 32, if I remember? <laughs> Don't forget yeah, Bad Bunny so, was in the yeah. Rumble, too. Bad Bunny was in the Rumble. He did a Canadian well, Destroyer. And yeah. uh, you know what? You know who was on my list? And I took him off? Shane McMahon. Don't forget Shane McMahon was in the Rumble. And he went he went fist with fist with with uh, uh Matt Riddle uh, damn uh, <laughs> UFC or not UFC uh, damn MMA fighter um but ladies and gentlemen that wraps up our end of year show part 1 we'll see you back at part 2 where we come back together and if you guys are listening to us around christmas time merry christmas happy new year and uh thank you guys for coming don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias and listen to every single podcast that you hear on the wrestle buzz podcast network until next time we'll see you guys later ciao